welcome back to another episode of A Real Page Turner with Donnie Granza and Mara Maros. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara. It's great to be back. Very special kind of uh, spooky episode as we are coming up on Halloween. Yeah, we um, decided to, you know, go to a horror genre for the next two weeks as we approach Halloween. And this week we chose the short story, The Black Phone by Joe Hill. It's a short story in the collection of his work, 20th Century Ghosts, that was published in 2005. It was first published in 2004 in issue 39 of The Third Alternative, which is a British horror movie. So, and side note, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. But Donnie, the movie is very new, right? It's like 2021. Yeah, it just came out last year. Uh, It was directed by Scott Derrickson, who co-wrote the film with C. Robert Cargo, which is in the cast, Ethan Hawke as as the... uh, the bad guy, the grabber, this character is just referred to as, as well as Jeremy Davies, James Ransom, and two like very, very talented, in my opinion, uh, child actors, Mason Thames and Madeline McGraw. It was a big success last year. It was a, a very small budgeted film, only like 16 to 18 million, which is not much in, in Hollywood, and grossed over 160. 61 million at the box office. It it received uh, rave reviews uh, from critics with like an 82% score on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, received praise for the performances and faithfulness to the uh, source material and everything. So, So, and now it's streaming where? It's streaming on Prime, right? No, actually on uh, Peacock. Peacock. I I keep saying Prime. It's streaming on Peacock. So, this was actually in the theaters last year. Did I just miss that? I believe it. Yes, it was. It was. I remember seeing ads for it. I was like, "Oh, that looks good," but I didn't get a chance to see it. So okay. I watched it on Peacock. And um, again, so we'll uh, say spoiler alerts. But yes. if anyone's <laughs> going to be watching this on Peacock, but the gist. The summary of it is that there is a the grabber, Ethan Hawke, who is snatching up children in this town, and he grabs Finney, the the young man character, the he's about 13, I think, and he puts him in a basement, and there's a black phone that rings, and it's in the short story, it's only one child, I believe, who calls it, and it's the kids he's snatched before. And in the movie, they're kind of giving him clues on how to get away from the grabber, and that's They're kind of a ghost character who are calling this defunct black phone in the basement. And that's how Finney just gets away from, in essence, the grabber. But it's super creepy. So uh, did I summarize that good, Donnie? Yeah, very, very good. You know, um, it's very uh, and it's. It got of a period piece that takes place in the 70s, like late uh, 77, 78, around there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I heard it described somewhere as like a PSA for like stranger danger. Kind of. <laughs> and, and you got to tell like in the 70s, like in that time period, you know, things are more like laid back and, you know, kids kind of like walked all around and it was easy for, and I, you know, for someone I, to do this. When you said the 70s vibe, like, I love that the movie kept that. 
because the short yeah. story is very 70s. And I was afraid mm-hmm. when I was watching the movie that they, they were going to make it more contemporary, like recent times. But I really yeah. loved that they kept that 70s vibe through the whole thing, like even the cinematography. And I loved the allusion to in the opening kind of scenes and credits, the spilled grape soda, because in the short story, the kid's drinking a grape soda and spills it when he's snatched. Mm. And he sees there, you know, the theme of the black balloons kind of through the whole thing is almost like that foreshadowing that he's going to get somebody these black balloons because he had the black balloons in the truck that got away when he snatched Finney in the short story and I liked in the beginning of the movie even though it was like just a glimpse when they were opening credits like they showed the grape soda and they showed the black balloons like up in the uh, telephone wires and I really liked that like I was like okay because I thought are they going to leave those especially the grape soda thing like out because it's not a it's just a detail in the short story that's nice like you don't need yeah. it, but I like that they just mm-hmm. kind of did like a just like a flash of it. Yeah, I actually I was kind of confused in the first in the first scene because they show Finney, um, you know, playing baseball. He's the pitcher or something, and and I saw because I had no idea this movie like was. And short story was supposed to take place in the 70s. And then, because I literally, I read the short story as I was watching the book. And it was really, it was really cool because there were, at, there were some points where what I was reading was what was happening right on the stage, right on film. So that was pretty interesting. And they actually, like, very faithful to, to the short story because they, like, they lifted lines from the book. And back to, like, the first scene, I was very, like, I was very confused because, like, it says, you know, 1977 or something. And I I was like, I had no idea that this movie took place in the seventies. I thought that it was like a, you know, a contemporary piece. And, and I've been thinking, I was like, oh, is this going to be like a backstory? Is this? Mm. And my first thought was that Finney was going to grow up to be the grabber. Yeah. And this was his like his origin story that like, you know, he gives up the home run and that, you know, that's his villain origin story. <laughs> So I had read the short story before I watched the movie and I knew they were setting us up to meet Bruce Yamada. Yeah. I was, because in the short story, he and Bruce Yamada have a very small interaction at a baseball game. And so I knew that the batter was Bruce Yamada. I'm like, okay. Because I wasn't sure if they were going to cut him out of the movie. And I, you know, because he didn't know. I didn't know what they were going to do. But I'm like, okay, we're going to meet Bruce Yamada. You know, and the other characters they added, like the kid who beat the other kid up, and I forget his name. I think his last name was like Orlano or something. Robin. Robin. But um, like that kid was kind of new to it. And I liked that they added, you know, people. You know, because the short story, that the phone, I think, only rings once. And I think it's only Bruce Yamada, right? On the other end. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. But in the movie, there's all the kids that he's killed. And there's yeah. kids that Finney didn't know, but there's kids like he did know. Yeah, there um, was, yeah I think, what was it, five total kids? Like, there I was think it was Bruce, like, yeah. It was and Bruce I, and Robin were the ones he knew. And then there was, uh, there was like a few paper others. boy. He was called Billy, yeah. but he said, don't call me the paper boy. And Vance, other, the like, bully kid. <laughs> bully kid. And I thought it was the first time the phone rang and he answered it. And then they flashed to like the ghost character of the kid that you could see him talking. I leaped. I jumped. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, no. But because, you know, I'm not a horror fan, as we've established. <laughs> but I did like jump a little bit and close my eyes. I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah. The other thing, but the one thing I didn't like that they did in the movie was make the dad an alcoholic, like an abusive alcoholic and make the sister have kind of like for like some type of like premonitions 
yeah. an insight to where these killings, like who was doing it, where they were, yeah. like, and they alluded to that's what her mother did, that she had some type of psychic ability. Um, and I liked the sister character, but I thought that was kind of a weird part. Um, but I did not like that they made the dad like an abusive alcoholic. I don't understand why, kind of why they did that. Um, it just kind of struck me as an odd choice. I don't know. I, I don't think they needed to do that to show that kids had a little bit more free reign in the seventies. I, I don't know that they needed to do that. I thought yeah. it was strange. Like the short story, the dad is in the store and there's more of like, you no, know, he loses that. He really didn't have a big, a big relationship with his father in the short story. But I, I kind of wondered why they did that. Yeah. And what, one thing that was interesting in the, in the movie, like the mother was dead, but in the, in the book, she was still alive. Now mm-hmm. she isn't a character in the book but at one point where where finney said you know says like oh like you know when he's asking for help he was like call my mother he says call my mother so that's the only like allusion that you know to his his mother in the whole short story so yeah but you know throughout the short story too in the movie that the relationship is really between he and his sister yeah and i thought they carried that through good Mm because the short story he's thinking his sister's gonna find him she's driving around look like riding her bike looking for him like he has these fantasies that his sister you know is going to come and find him and you know they they carried that through in the movie Mm -hmm. and i thought they carried that relationship like really well yeah. Um, between the two of them, and the, the the sister was a riot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they change. What they they do change her name? Wasn't it like yeah, the they book? did. She's Susanna, and in the the movie, she's Gwendolyn. And I know there's always like variety of reasons why they change characters' names, so that's not any you know any drawback or anything uh, negative about it. But but yeah, I agree. I I love the actress Madeline McGraw, or I believe Madeline McGraw was her name or something. Uh, she um she was yeah she was so funny like and i liked that they did have you know that they had like elements of humor to kind of let the audience breathe and let the you know that it wasn't so much tension you know some of her you know her lines and she's um you know and you know some of her lines may like someone who's very very religious may find offense at and her kind of cursing out jesus and things but just overall like very funny and she and the actress is really talented. Now, I know you didn't like that the, f- the father was abusive and alcohol and an alcoholic, but the one scene where he's like beating her and her crying and everything, it was like it was tough to watch. It was very powerful, and I was really impressed with the with the actress. She was really nailed it. And, yeah, I, she was great. And my, I guess, like my overall question is, how did they get Ethan Hawke to do this? Right, because you know he's really well known and. I mean, Jeremy Davis, yeah. who is the dad, is has been in a lot. But you have two, you know, relatively unknown young actors in a movie that, you know, you said is pretty minimal budget. But Ethan Hawke as the grabber is, I mean, he's really good. Um, He's creepy and he's good. And you don't see his total face a lot because he's no. got some creepy mask on, which did not happen in the short story. But because in, in the short story, he's described as obese, like more like very obese, fat, yeah. bald, you know, a creepy clown, you know, that he's like a clown that's very creepy. So I'm kind of 
you know, Ethan Hawke was kind of a different yeah, he's, character. He's not, yeah, he's not fat by any means. No. <laughs> so, so, so I'm kind of like wondering like, how they yeah. get him to do this because he's really well known. And I mean, he was great in it. And I, I liked him in it. I thought he did a great job. It's just really funny that it seemed like, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a different movie for him. Yeah, I think like, um, yeah, I think I, think I, I was reading about him and that he like, he kind of, um, it said he was initially hesitant and playing the visit villain because he did not want to be remembered for a scary performance for the rest of his career but changed his mind after realizing he was in his 50s and he said villains might be my future because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i know like a lot of actors you know once in a while they do enjoy playing like villainous char- characters and it can be a nice change of pace for actors and just a little side note i was you know and it kind of like speaks to how like people's opinions have changed in that over over the time i was watching this like little thing they were talking about an old actor his name was fred mcmurray and he was best known for being the father and my three sons and in the 60s he did a movie called the apartment with jack lemon and shirley mclean and in it he plays this kind of uh he's a sleazy boss who's cheating on his wife and takes his his mistresses to the titular apartment and i remember seeing an interview with his daughter and they said that one time like someone after that movie was released someone came up to him in a like in a park and said like how dare you do that how dare you do that you you were so sleazy and yelled at him and then after that he was like oh i'm just gonna do like family pictures from now on and i was like it's still like that just seems like you know so like nonsensical like that people can separate at the time so but i think in this day and age i don't think anyone has those opinions like if someone plays a villain they don't uh hold it against them <laughs> you know yeah hold it against them. like <laughs> and i do think ethan hawk is probably a good draw for people to watch this film yeah right because i think it's hard it may not pull people if you don't know anybody if somebody is not recognizable to you you know if you don't have one somebody that everybody know it knows in a movie it might be hard to pull an audience but i really liked ethan hawk in this but yeah. you really don't see his face very much no no i mean at is the there, end when yeah. when finney pulls his mask off him you see it and, you know there is a little bit of comic relief in this movie because the brother who's living upstairs <laughs> knows something's going on and just He's like has a whole grid of where this guy could be living, where the serial killer could be yeah. living. And he realizes like when he's looking at it and then all of a sudden at the end, he realizes, oh, my God, it could be this house. <laughs> and he's kind of like, you know, and they're true to the short story because they refer to him like as a coke-headed drug addict. You see him like the cops come in and ask him questions. And then he looks at the glass table and sees he's got like lines of coke on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, such a 70s thing to do, <laughs> which is really funny. But he does have a little bit of comic relief, although, you know, when he goes down those steps, like if they were going to be true to the short story, he also was going to face his demise. Yeah. And they did. They followed it like right mm-hmm. to how yeah. it happened in the short story. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I thought the brother was hilarious. And like, it was gonna like a small party. It was only in a couple scenes. I remember seeing, you know, the cops come in and he's like, oh, oh you know, he invites the cops in. And I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Cause, um, and then he's kind of like, you know, didn't know who this guy was. And then he's like mapping out, showing everything. He sees, some, you know, some kind of crazy conspiracy theorist. And, you know, and then when he's like, yeah, we're working on this together. He's like, I'm between jobs right now. So we're working on this. Yeah. You know, you, get, you guys and me, we're working on this together. And they're just like, oh, okay. It's like, if you see the kids, call us. <laughs> and, then, and then 
when he found, I was so blown away when they found when they show when they show that uh, Finney is underneath, and I was like, "What?" And then yeah. it kind of started to make sense how the grabber was kind of nervous about how he was talking about there's someone uh, there's someone upstairs, and well, Finney assumes that there's someone upstairs, and that's what's making him nervous. And then it's like, "Oh, now it now it makes sense," because. Um, because I think he mentions to the cops, he's like, he's like, oh, I just, you know, stay with my brother now for for a bit. And yeah, um, one thing I noticed, and maybe I'm not sure, maybe looking too much into it, was I think were they kind of alluding to the fact that maybe the grabber, when he was a child, and possibly the brother too, they were abused. If they did, I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. No, one thing, one thing is very subtle, but in the part when he first takes him down there and talks about the phone and the grabber says, oh yeah, that phone hasn't worked since I was a kid. So, and mm. I know that's kind of, um, this may be a stretch, but maybe it's alluding to the fact that maybe like you grew up in that house and like their, their parents had locked yeah. up and down there or something. So that's why he was like down there and maybe tried to use the phone to call for help and it didn't work or for whatever reason. And then, and it could also allude to the, to the fact that, you know, the brother was just by staying there, like never questioned to go down the, uh, right. go down the basement that maybe because it was, you know, a horrifying memory of being abused down there uh, that would not want to go want to go down there. So it's just like I I don't know that maybe like a little too subtle of a theory, but you know, but what that's I just did, what I kind of thought. I really liked the end and how they created like that cinematic effect of like the cops coming in and looking for him and Finney trying to find his way out. And you kept thinking they were going to run into each other. And then the twist at the end, you realize why they don't, why the cops are in one place and Finney's in the other. And I really liked the way they like did that, the way they showed those two separate actions happening at once. And, you know, you keep thinking, okay, Finney's going to find these cops or they're going to find him. And then you see kind of the mass grave site and you're like, wait a minute, like, where was that? So I did really like the twist ending. And maybe we should tell yeah. people what it is if they're going to watch it. Although we yeah. have said there's spoilers, <laughs> but um, I really did like the the twist ending. Yeah, it reminded me of the scene in um, Science of the Lambs where the cops, where the uh, FBI agent, where FBI agents, you think they're going to show, they're going to show up to find Buffalo Bill, but they show up at the wrong at the wrong house or something. That I wonder if it was that kind of like an illusion and mm. an homage to sense of the lambs and i don't know uh so yeah it was very good and i remember thinking i was worried i was like oh was like because they really like they played with reality because he's so like you know because obviously like finney is talking with ghosts and that, that you're not sure what's real and what's not and it was kind of like confusing at first until i really got into it so, and then yeah there's like thinking, a part of you that wonders like is finney hallucinating that yeah Right. And you don't know. You don't really know. Yeah. And the I, end, like, is he creating those people in his head? Yeah. And I, you really never find out. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought, and I was like, I was kind of like prepared for the worst because I was thinking, oh, like, are they going to be going through the graves and are they going to find Finney and find out that this was, you know, you know, not sure that he had, you know, that the grabber had killed him or something. And then I see him come out, you know, and the sister sees him and she runs across the street. And I thought, is she, you know, is he just going to be a vision for her? Like, is she going to go to like run to him and then run through him and or something? So. Yeah, it was nice that it uh, like that they survived. That he survived and everything, and was a very like satisfying ending. It was. It was a satisfying I, ending. Yeah, I found myself like really like rooting for him and, and this kid, and just like wanting to beat him. And then you see you see the part where you know he take and it kind of comes full circle because he was getting all these like advice from the ghosts of the other kids and using using that like he uses like the the cable to trip him and like he had dug the hole for him to fall into and then with the phone filled with dirt and he just kind of beats the crap out of him yeah because i actually didn't know what he was doing with that hole like i thought he was trying to tunnel under the house yeah to get out and then at the end i was like oh all right that's what he's doing with that hole Mm -hmm. but it is a very satisfying end yeah because you see um and it was nice how like he used a little bit of everyone that like all these other kids had tried and failed these mm-hmm. different things, but he was able to try different things a little bit from each. So to ultimately get up and then like just seeing him, um, you know, rip the mask off and and the grabber like just you know grabs his face and it's kind of like maybe that's kind of like a, an allegory or something that like um, you know what. You know what yeah. you just made me think about when you said that? Um, <laughs> is that maybe he really did see those kids and he has some psychic powers like his sister that he didn't know about. Yeah. I, I actually I didn't think agree. about that. Yeah. I'm like, because they were so focused on the sister having some type of mm-hmm. abilities. Maybe he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely like alluded to. But like, then he just beats him and chokes him and... And uh, and I do wonder if like choking him with a telephone cord is that another homage to the movie Halloween, where in the original Michael Myers like kills the girl with with by strangling her with a telephone cord. That oh, I never. I wonder, and like I said, I don't watch those types of scary movies, <laughs> so I couldn't tell you because I don't watch that. Yeah, but I think it's funny. Like Joe Hill is very he. You know, you read some of it, and some people say he sounds a little bit like. His tone is almost like his father's, but I thought he did like, I really like, if I didn't know he was Stephen King's son, it wouldn't have mattered to me because I thought it was a really good short story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think he's a very talented short, you know, writer, you know, short, I think short stories sometimes are, you know, underrated for their horror when you look at the long form that people write, but I really liked this short story. Yeah. And, and sometimes I like them because it leaves a lot to the imagination and you could see how this mm-hmm. inspired, like how somebody yeah. who read this then took it and expanded upon it for like a movie. Right. Cause it does leave you a lot of like things to your imagination. Um, mm-hmm. But I did, I thought it was a really good short story. I liked it. Yeah. And I wonder, I was thinking about this last night and it's, it does seem to me that short stories adapted into films seem to have a better track record 
than a novel as a chapter in the films. And I think, I wonder if that's because like they are so quote unquote short and so, and um, that you're able to expand upon. Whereas like when, when filmmakers take a novel, turn it into a book, well, they can't, they can't have everything. So they have to cut a lot out and that in turn, that can be a risky, a very risky move where fans of the book saying, Oh, how can you, how did they leave that part out? Or how did they reduce that character? How could and they? And I don't think it? you're as committed to the backstory, right? Because you get yeah. so much backstory and character insight in a book that that's hard to translate into a movie where a short story, yeah. you're not committed to all that backstory because you don't mm-hmm. have it. You know, your, your characters developed kind of quickly and you don't have a lot of their backstory or what has made them who they are, right? Like you yeah. just have them and you take them in that moment that they're in. And I, I agree with you. I do think from the short stories we've read, like we tend to really like what they've done with the movie. And as you know, and I, a lot of times like a book, better than a movie i think because the book you get like you get so much you get the backstory yeah. you get committed to that character like you get to really you know you want them to be who they were in the in the book whereas a short story mm-hmm. i don't think you have that level of commitment yeah i think that's true and plus the fact that like a lot of books have you know i don't say like rapid fan bases but like strong fan bases for it short stories don't really have that fan that fan base like a lot of people when a book when a movie is based off a short story they don't like those probably don't even realize it was it was yeah i mean i would wonder how many people knew that this movie if you watched it yeah was was based off a short story i I mean actually it says it in the credits it does say it in the opening credits but how many people miss that and Mm -hmm. don't even know i didn't until you told me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, okay. And I had never heard of the movie or the short story. So, yeah. Yeah. So anything yeah, so else? I, I really just... enjoyed this one more than I anticipated to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did as well. I thought it was brilliant. Very yeah. And job. I just, There's... you know, for as a non-horror fan, mm-hmm. I did, I did like this movie. I mean, there was a yeah. few I, areas where I closed my eyes or went to the kitchen to get away from a little bit of the <laughs> creepiness, but <laughs> I overall like really yeah. did like it. Like I would watch it again if one of my kids wanted to watch it. Like I would be like, yeah, it's not too, it's not gory. If I mean, you know, no. at the end, you know, but it's not gory. It's not yeah. <laughs> like bloody and like that type of slasher film, which I really don't like. I'm more like this type of like psychological, <laughs> like I think this is like a psychological thriller. Like you kind of don't know. Yeah. I did. I was reading like on the Wikipedia page that they were kind of throwing around the idea of a sequel. And I'm yeah. not sure I agree with that. I was like, because it doesn't really, you know, they kind of like tied up off the loose ends. It doesn't really leave it open for a sequel. The only like thing I could think of is if some like crackpot who, you know, after this makes the, makes the news, like becomes a fan of the grabber and tries to copycat him or something. Cause you know, he's very clearly dead at the end. And, um, yeah. And they don't, and I was glad that they didn't like fall into the cliche. I have a scene where like the cops are going through the house and be like, where is he? Where is he? He's not here or something that no, it was, you know, he's dead. You're good. And it shows Finney going into school. And everyone yeah, talking I about agree. I, I don't know that I would love a second one of this. No, you know, I think it's good the way it was. 
you know, that, you know, unless you create something there and I wouldn't want to see them take any of the characters and make them bad for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. like, you know, Finney or the sister. Like, I just think that it, mm-hmm. sometimes I just need to let things be. It's yeah. okay just to have one film without a prequel or a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> right. Well, hey, this was a great one. I really liked it. And we will be back um next week with another spooky film and book. Yeah. So we hope you are enjoying our Halloween leading our Halloween episodes, we'll call them, right? Yeah. And until then, everybody, keep reading. And keep watching. <laughs>